And welcome back to another episode of Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan D. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Really cool guest for you. I have a defensive rookie of the year, first team all pro, three time pro bowler, the sack leader in 2006, probably the architect of the greatest sack celebration in NFL history. Sean Merriman is with me. Sean, how are we doing? What's up, my man? How's it going? I'm doing well. I got to ask you about the sack celebration. How did this come up? How did this come about? Because it's, I was like 11 or 12 years old growing up watching you. You're one of the uh, most electrifying players. My brother was a big uh, LaDainian Tomlinson fan. So we watched a lot of Chargers games growing up. Um, so your sack celebration kind of caught my eye right out the gate when I was a kid. Explain to me how it came about. Yeah. I, um, so I got the nickname Lights Out when I, my sophomore year in high school. Um, I knocked out four guys, four kids in the game. Okay. Um, and so after that happened, I had about 20 students come around to me and they said, man, you knocked after the game said that you knocked those guys lights out. And I was like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Call me lights out. Yeah. It just, it just flowed. Right. Yeah. Uh, remember, and this is pre-social media, right? No YouTube, no social media, then uh, Twitter, Instagram, none of that stuff to get out there. Uh, Monday when I got to school, I'm, I got my book bag on, I'm carrying my books and everybody was saying like good game lights. And they kind of got around that fast. So anyway, I went home, um, I begged my mom to let me get this uh, this lights out tattoo, this switch I got here, this lights lights out switch with a hand and switch going by. And I remember going in there. She told me, "Boy, get the hell out the room, right? Uh, I'm not getting you a tattoo." So every day for two weeks, I was bothering her to let me get this tattoo. So she finally let me get it, and then the lights out came from me having a big play or sack or big hit, and I'm doing a lights out dance. So that's how that that whole thing ended up happening. Okay, so let's uh, talk about your Los Angeles Chargers right now. Um, I guess you, when you played, it was the San Diego Chargers. I want to kind of start there before we get into the team. Um, how do you feel about the team moving to L.A.? Um, has it kind of affected the way you look at the team, the organization as a whole? How do you think it's gone since the team has transitioned from San Diego to Los Angeles? No, it was, it was definitely a weird transition the first year. Yeah. No, no question about it. In fact, um, during, during the 2017 draft, they asked me to come out and announce a draft pick when it was in Tennessee. Now, mind you, like, I'm, I'm not a nervous person. Like, I speak in front of the camera, TV, people, thousands of people all the time. But this is the first time I was in front of over 100,000 people at one time. And I'm walking out to the stage, and I see, like, when it's so many people, it drops off and you just see fog. You don't even see the end of where the crowd ends at. And I'm thinking in my head, like, damn, damn, just don't mess up, right? Don't don't say San Diego Chargers because they already moved to L.A. And you got to remember the guy's name that got drafted, which is Nasir Adderley, right? So now you got to uh, – Not remember. the easiest name for you, not too, Nasir Adderley. Right? You know, you're yeah. not Jeff Johnson. You don't get a Jeff Johnson or a John, John – you know, John Simpson, Jeff Smith, yeah, something you know, like that. Something. Yeah. Nasir Adderley. And you got to remember not to say San Diego Chargers because that's what I'm used to and that's what everyone else is used to. So mm -hmm. I'm walking out to this crowd, man, to be honest. And I'm like, dude, don't don't butcher this. Please don't butcher <laughs> this. Um, so I, but after the first year, I, I got pretty I came to grips. Right. There's Los Angeles Chargers um, and then a fan base slowly over the last, you know, four, couple, four years kind of trickled up and, and, and they're coming up and being more involved. But that's happening because you got a quarterback like Justin Herbert, man. You got a quarterback like Justin Herbert. You got a Keenan Allen there, Mike Williams, Derwin James, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. You know, you got superstars in that team. So they've done a good job over the last couple of years just rebuilding that fan base to, to become like Los Angeles Chargers. I, I uh, feel really bad for San Diego fans because I know that fan base is strong. I know that fan base deserved to still have a team there. Um, it sucks, especially because there's two teams in L.A. now. Like, it just 
feel like it kind of pulls some juice out of it. But like you said, they've got a really good squad this year, Sean. Like this is probably one of the more talented teams in the NFL. I'm um, led by one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in Justin Herbert. Um, what do you, uh, I guess, where would you put Justin Herbert in the quarterback hierarchy in the NFL? Top three. Top three. Okay. Top three. And, and, and look, I'm not even trying to be a, like a home or anything like that. Um, I look at the situation he was putting in last year and I, and I want to throw shots at offensive coordinator, but he wasn't su- suited to handle someone like Justin Herbert, right? With his play calling, his style of play, his call, play calling capabilities wasn't really uh, putting Justin Herbert in the best situation of him doing what he does best. He's a, Justin Herbert has the strongest arm in the NFL, period. Mm-hmm. And, you yep. know, those, Patrick Holmes is great. All these guys are great quarterbacks. I'm not, there's no knock against them. When we're talking about arm strength and with the capabilities, Justin Herbert has the strongest. And so when you put it that way, along with Kellen Moore, right, who's coming from Dallas, what does Kellen Moore like to do? He likes to get the ball down the field. He like big explosive plays, and you got John uh, uh, Johnston, new young wide receiver to come in from TCU. What can he do? He can stretch the field. What's going to happen under? You got a Keenan Allen, who's the top, probably arguably the best one or two route runner in the National Football League. Still, even at his age, Mike Williams. What does he do? Possession wide receiver. You can throw the ball up. He's going to bring it down. What does Everett like to do? The best under one of the best underneath route running tight ends in football. So when you look at Austin Eckler, so when you look at how this team is built, along with Kellen Moore, who they brought in, you can't help to not get excited about their capabilities. Now, they can't control injuries, right? Last year, everybody was banged up. And I mean everybody. We've, I don't think we've seen anything like that in the National Football League in the last 10 to 20 years, where mm-hmm. uh, Justin Herbert hurt his ribs the, first, the third or fourth game of the year. Keenan Allen went down. Michael Williams went down. Joey Bosa went down for like six-plus games. Rashawn Slater, the left tackle, who's an all-pro, uh, in my opinion, going to be a future Hall of Famer one day if he keeps this up. He went down with the torn tricep. Um, J.C. Jackson, torn knee down for the season. I, we've never seen this amount of stars yeah. go down in one year. Like, it just doesn't happen. It's, so Especially it, the guys around the quarterback, right? Yes, like These are all guys absolutely. you're getting. Yeah. Um, I, I, the Quinton Johnson thing is really interesting because he's a deep play receiver, but he's also a yards after the catch receiver. And that's what this team really struggled with. Um, especially when some of the guys got injured, like Quinton Johnson can take a five yard gain, five yard catch into a 40 yard catch, right? Like he doesn't have to be always deep, but he can create yards after catch opportunities where Kellen Moore has done a great job of getting the ball in CD lamps hands and Dallas and players like that, where the offense kind of exploded in Dallas. So I'm right, right there with you at the offense, but let's kind of take a look at the whole team itself. Um, do you think this team can compete with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs this year? Do you think so they got super aspirations? Where do you think – I guess Brandon Staley's a big question mark too, right? Like he's got a lot of heat on him. Like if you uh, if you have a car in the seat warmer uh, triggers, it's about a four right now, maybe a three. How do you think overall the Chargers look? Look, I think that people are going to question Brandon Staley because of, of his – some of his play calling, right? You know, going forward on fourth down, um, being – you know, living on it. He's a he's a young coach, man. Like when you bring in a young coach like that, the first thing you want him to do is to change the culture in the locker room, right? And whether that's giving guys confidence, being a different type of leader, um, all that. So him going forward on fourth down, I'm not saying every fourth down, but him going forward on some of those fourth fourth downs as a former player, I appreciate because what that does to uh, the team, the team's morale and their confidence. 
It's basically saying, hey, we, we, we believe in ourselves enough to go for this, and if we don't get it, our defense is going to go step up there and play. If you're, if you're passing off this level of confidence in the locker room, it, it's a trickle-down effect. And that, they're, they're a very confident team. And I know that people are going to talk about them getting bounced out of the playoffs from Jacksonville. I, I think that was more of a, uh, of a coaching change, an offensive coordinator job to let, their, let his foot off the gas. Like you had Jacksonville beat. You were stomping them. Right, you got to keep your foot down on them the whole entire game, and they didn't do that the second half coming out. That's why they lost. This is not a Brandon Staley thing, right? That's that's not a that's a hey, let's let's we're up by a few touchdowns. Let's throw a couple passes, run the ball, let's play. A, no, no, let's keep the foot on the gas. That's not a Brandon Staley, um, you know, kind of a deal. And I think that he's going to get the he's going to get the, the 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 brunt of the negative conversation about it because he's the head coach, but. He doesn't. He's he wasn't out there calling offensive plays. Mm. So I'm an Eagles guy. I want to ask you about Jalen Hurts. Um, what have you heard about Jalen Hurts? Kind of, you're pretty tapped into the league. What do you think of Jalen Hurts? You saw him. What do you think the Eagles got in their leader, Jalen Hurts? I think they got a long-term leader in him. Right. Um, I, I would like to see him being a little bit more consistent in some of the things that that he does. Um, and I, and I say the same thing about Lamar Jackson. I, I know that these guys can run and use their legs, but I, I don't want to see too many quarterback draws, RPO options. I, I get it. You want to have that threat there. Um, because as a defensive player, when you got a guy who can use his legs and run and hurt you that way, you do kind of rush a little bit timid. You know, you're always, you don't take off as fast as you want. You don't go into pass rushing mode right away because these guys can, pull it and then run at any point in time. So it does cause that, but I hate to see the design plays for the quarterback option runs. I don't like that. I think that at some point in time, you get enough hits, it's going to wear and tear on your body. I've seen, we, we've seen that with running quarterbacks, um, but he, he always finds a way to say and do the right thing, right? Like you just feel confident with, with, with Jalen hurts at, at quarterback because you know, this guy's going to go out and play his heart out. He's going to do the right things. He's going to put the work in the win. So when you look for a team leader, he, he's the ultimate of that. If you're like me, you were tired of trying to find jeans that fit right no matter your build and still look good. Introducing the newest sponsor of the Double Dunk Podcast, Sweat Taylor, a premium menswear brand that is defining a new kind of casual. I started wearing Sweat Taylor and I am blown away by how comfortable and affordable the clothes are. And of course, they look great. My favorite is the all-in pants. It's a five-pocket pant that feels like sweats but look way better. Thoughtfully tailored and unbelievably stretchy. From jackets and pants to joggers and hoodies, Sweat Taylor's designs are made to seamlessly fit into your life, moving from runway to office, office to drinks, and drinks to wherever the night takes you. Specializing in casual wear for men, pieces are designed with comfort and versatility in mind for your everyday. Use promo code B-D-E-E-G-S-T. That is B-D-E-G-S-T for 25% off. That, again, is B D E E G. ST for 25% off your order at sweattailor.com. My next question is it's gonna be focused on the running back room because I, I want your take on what's going on with, with, with this uh with the position group. It's kind of a big storyline um over the last few uh I guess month or so, especially with Josh Jacobs holding out. Um he's, he's not even at training camp yet. Jonathan Taylor, the saga going on in Indianapolis. As a player who's been around these guys and has signed contracts and made money in the league. How um how do you think the do you think the running backs are being shorted here? What do you make of the running back kind of uh, situation going on in the NFL? Well, you, look, this is the this is the truth. Every five or ten years, 
there, there's a, a position that's going to be compromised based on, based on how the style of the NFL is going, right? Mm-hmm. There, there was once a time, and I don't know if people remember this, there was once a time where the wide receiver position was undervalued. Wide receivers wasn't getting paid. And what changed that? What changed that is the quarterback position started to be more important. And so you can't be a great quarterback if you don't have somebody throwing you to the ball, or throwing you the ball. And so that's what that's what happened over the course of time, and people are not talking about that enough. And then also, too, I know that the running back position is is uh, has a short life span to it. I get that, but there's about six to eight guys in NFL that are way bigger than just being a running back, right? They can do so much more. Your offense and your team is better when they're on the field. You, you, it's different when they're there. That's the Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Pollard, Austin Eckler. These guys, you know, uh, Chubb, Nick Chubb, these guys, when they're on the field, your your team is better. You're a better organization with them being on the field. So you got to kind of remove them a little bit from the running back category because these guys can do so much and just run the football. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm speaking from a former defensive point because if you got Saquon Barkley in the backfield, you, your mind is always going to you can't do certain things because he can hurt you at any given time. He can catch the ball out the backfield. So can Austin Eckler and these guys. Uh, Josh Jacobs, the amount of carries that they gave him last year, I think he was like 50 percent of their offense. One guy, right? And so you have to kind of pull him a bit from that running back category because this guy could do so much more than just run a football. He can hurt you in so many different ways. I wish I was uh, there in the room with either Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, or one of those guys and saw the reaction to Cole Komet getting $22 million guaranteed or, or Evan Ingram getting $25 million guaranteed. No, no shot to those guys. Like, get your bag. But, like, Josh Jacobs led the league in scrimmage yards last year. <laughs> and he's not even at training camp right now. Yeah, and I think I just saw a report that he may be reporting before the first game of the year, but yeah. that shouldn't even be the case, man. Like, mm-hmm. do you re- – I mean, look, and it's not a shot at Jimmy Garoppolo at all, but he's been injured. He's been hurt. And so do you really want to base your season off of off of his health mm-hmm. with his history without yeah. having the, your security blanket there with Josh Jacobs? No. Devontae Adams is, is top two, top three wide receiver in the National Football League. Do you want to base it off him if, if 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 Garoppolo goes down and he's hurt? Now he doesn't have anybody to throw him the ball. It, it's just a it's a a, a a ripple effect by not having a guy like that on your team, and that should never be the case going forward. Okay, so before we transition away from today's NFL, I got uh, one more question for you. Uh, is there a team or a player you're most excited about this year that maybe no one's talking about? Like, what's getting your juices flowing when you're looking around the league right now? There's so many guys. I mean, I, I love watching Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, uh, Brian Burns. Um, Brian you're, Burns, you're, the personal favorite. I like a Brian Burns. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think he, he, he his versatility isn't talked about enough. Um, the the pass rusher from, you know, you got it that had, what, 17 sacks last Hassan year. Reddick. Uh, yep. Hassan Reddick, Reddick. Right? Yep, yep. You know, I he, he, he could just – he's such a – he's a – he terrorizes offenses, dude. Like, he just – He's always around the football. He's his IQ, his pass rushing ability, his IQ is, is big. He you could see him when he's using his hands, when he's coming up under guys, he can fill off as a tackle, a guard, and work off of them. Um, I'm excited for the for the young for the young kid down in Texas. It just came out of Troy. Was it um this pass rusher there that came out of Alabama? Um Oh, Will Anderson. And Will Anderson, sorry, yeah. Will Anderson, yeah. yeah. And I, I got a chance to watch Will Anderson, man, when he was a freshman. Um we 
one of the one of the writers for Alabama, well, used to be a writer at University of Maryland. He called me and said, "Sean, you need to watch this kid at Will Anderson. He reminds me a lot of you." And I said, "Yeah, right. You you hear it all the time. like you you hear it all the time. You're like, yeah. yeah, this guy's gonna be the next dude." Da, da, da. And first of all, I don't like the I don't like the comparisons in the first place. Every every player is their own. Um, but when you hear it, I've heard that 50 times over the course of my life. Oh, this guy's going to be that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I watched him, I said, when this guy gets a little bit stronger and he gets some weight, because he already can pass rush. He can pass rush, but he couldn't play the run well. I said, yeah. when he gets some size on him and learn and, and can anchor himself, nobody is going to be able to deal with him. This, this dude is going to be a force. You know, I got him winning. I, in my opinion, I think he's going to win the defensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already seen him make plays in the preseason. But just his capabilities, man, his tenacity, I think that he's going to find a way to um, to be a force in the league for a long time. Did you see his play uh, on the weekend? He just destroyed Devin H. in the backfield? Oh, oh he, ran, he ran right through him like he, <laughs> yeah, like, just... like he wasn't there. You <laughs> yeah. know, look, and, and being outside linebacker or pass rusher, we, we have this thing where we say big on little. You should, you should run through these guys. But that just wasn't fair. I mean, yeah. it, it really was. He just ran through this guy like he was some, you know, playing in high school, high Born school level. Down. Port of on H and Skylar Thompson got to deal with uh, with Will Anderson in preseason. Um, okay, let's change. I want to talk about your career a little bit. So, when I was researching um, uh, this podcast episode, getting ready to, to speak to you, I heard a conversation about you potentially going to Dallas. Like there was, so you were selected one pick after Demarcus Ware. You're yeah. a Maryland kid. Did you know you were going across to the West Coast of San Diego? Kind of talk to me about draft day. Yeah. So I um I met with uh, I think three or four teams. Uh, in that in that top fifteen, I flew out to meet with Lions. I met with the Reds, then Redskins at the time, mm-hmm. Dallas, um, and San Diego. So I, I knew for sure that if I was going to creep out of that top five, top ten, that it was going to be one of those teams. Uh, so it's true. I went to go meet when I went to Dallas. You know, they had their top fifteen or twenty guys in the first round who they was looking at. We were all in the locker room. Uh, somebody was sent downstairs to come and get me. <laughs> so the first thing I'm thinking, like, okay, all right, what did I do wrong, right? There are all these other guys out here. I think Pac-Man was there and Travis Johnson. I remember all the guys were there. So I was like, why well, didn't want to talk to me, right? And so uh, they they came upstairs. They brought me to office. And all, in, in a little tiny office, dude, I mean, it was like maybe 300 square feet tops, if that. Jerry Jones is sitting up on his uh, desk on the left. And Bill Parcells is at the off or the his, his his desk in the front of me, and so this room is small, dude. So mind you, I'm 20 years old. I'm sitting there, you got Jerry Jones and Bill Parcells. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like not intimidating at all, right? Not yeah, intimidating. I mean, you know, yeah. and I'm not very intimidating, but you're talking about you know <laughs> two walking legends of the sport, right? And, yeah. and what they and what they did. So uh, they both of them they told me they said, hey, we don't think you're gonna be around by the 11th pick. We think you'll go somewhere in the top five, top eight. But if you are creeping out of there, we're going to draft you. Um, and so the Chargers told me that at the same, the same time. It was both told me. And um, I had really good conversation with the Ben Redskins. I had great conversations. Actually, <laughs> I flew out to Detroit, met with uh, Steve Mariucci when he's the head coach. I literally met for him with him like nine minutes. I was like, I'm not coming here. They don't want to come here. I was like, thank God, man. I'm not trying to go there and have a great team. Did you meet with Dan Snyder, Washington? Just curious, was he? In the, uh, yeah, I, you, uh, I met with I met with Dan Snyder. Um, we yeah. we actually used to talk a lot. Okay. Um, in fact, after the draft, when they didn't draft me, they went with Carlos Rogers, the cornerback out of I think out of Auburn. Okay. Um, 
And I, I saw Dan Snyder at a uh, CAA event when David Beckham was coming uh, when he came to L.A. And uh, we're, we're at this event, and the lights are flashing, right? I can't see in front of me, but Dan Snyder walks up to me and said that um, that I was his, one of his biggest draft mistakes ever. And uh, so, and I'm, and mind you, I can walk from where I grew up. I can walk to FedEx. Yeah. Um, literally, I can walk. It's about 10 minute walk, 10, 15 minute walk from where I grew up at. So that, that was home. So, uh, so I, I knew that at some point I was going in the top 12. It really didn't matter. I just wanted to go and play. But half of my family was divided up into Cowboys <laughs> and Redskins fans anyway. And so, you know, going to draft, I had, I had half that was happy for me to have. They hated to, to even have to cheer for the Cowboys if I would have went there. So it, it ultimately worked out. I saw I, I saw in the clip like they were tugging over the jerseys like before we were getting drafted and stuff. Like oh, they, they had the Raymond customary jerseys in the bag and like you yeah. know the leather pick was coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and mind you, mind you, back then the the draft was super slow. Remember that? Like the first yep. 10, the first 10, 15 picks took the whole day. It was like six hours for those fifteen picks. And so I'm sitting there waiting. I'm mind you, the Cowboys had the 11th pick, so you you would think that okay, this this probably should happen within two hours. Um, and so they're sitting there and they're about to call and whatever because they already told me they want to draft. And he's about to pull the jerseys out the bag and they with the 11th pick of the 2005 draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Marcus Way, but Demarcus Way. I said, and I mean, you heard the wind leave out of the room. Um, but I but I knew that I was for not going there. I was going to go to the Chargers and yep. and those. Honestly, looking back on it, those are the only two teams I wanted to go with. Uh, I know they brought my name up three to Cleveland. They they went with Braylon Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew at some point within that top 12 to 15 range I, w- I was going to go, which which is a great day, no matter how you look at it. You landed on a, a really fun team, really exciting team like that. 20, I think it was like 06 probably to, t- to 2010 was probably like the heyday. Either you're rookie or you were awesome as well. So, Sean, you played with some of the best quarterbacks that have ever graced this planet, who do you think is the best quarterback of all time? Mm, look, I already know what people are going to say. They're probably going to think I'm a hater, but I'm going with Peyton Manning. Um, you know, and, and, I didn't, and I'm talking about guys I played against. You can throw Joe Montana, Dan Mar- You can throw yeah, the guys yeah. who I didn't, but I'm just – the modern-day guys who I played against. You know, I played against Ben Roethlisberger. I played against some great ones. Um, Drew Brees, you know, I was a teammate of his and got a you know, chance to play against, against him, but – all in all, um, when you talk about intangibles and someone who you really had to prepare, like when you went to go prepare for the Patriots, you prepare for Bill Belichick, you prepare for their schemes, and then Tom Brady, you prepared for all of it because it was a package deal. When you played the Colts, man, you were preparing for Peyton Manning and what he was going to do because he was a machine, man. His, his knowledge of the game to know what the defense is doing. We used to have this thing where I would go walk up in the C gap or A gap or B gap and just kind of play around and he would just look at me like Sean you're not coming there you're coming here right you don't you're going here and I'm looking at him like damn how did he know like in my you know my head so I think that um when you talk about personal intangibles and and when you're talking about just physical attributes Peyton Manning is 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 my you know favorite quarterback he'll be my greatest quarterback pick 
he was just an assassin, man. The way he would just carve defenses up, like the Marvin Harrison duo should have been illegal. Like the NFL should not have let that happen. Um, I actually remember, I could be wrong here, but your rookie year, didn't you have a big game against Peyton Manning where you sacked him like two or three times? I think it was 05. Yeah, I, think I got right? him three or four times, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember And that. it was funny because that was like a coming out party for me and then nationally, right? Mm-hmm. Um because obviously it's against Peyton Manning and, and that team. They had some incredible teams that Reggie Wayne and he, I mean they they were stacked. Edron James, you kidding me? Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Saturday was there and uh, the tight end Dallas Clark. I mean they were just loaded. Defense Cato June, D- uh, Dwight Freeney, you you name it. They were stacked everywhere. Uh, Bob Sanders, and so you know when I went out and seen Peyton Manning, I'm like, dude, this is the way to get on the map. You got to get to get on the map as a outside linebacker or pass rush or defensive player in general. You got to have great games against the greatest quarterbacks. That's how you get. That's how you get noticed. Okay, so I want to talk about uh, your ventures into MMA. So you actually were kind of one of the OGs with mixed martial arts. Like you were yeah. into it back before it kind of became popular. Um, do you attribute your uh, training to mixed martial arts to your career and how successful you were? Yeah, no question, no mm-hmm. question. I mean. Um, I got into it just, I wanted to be better with my hands and, and learn how to be active in, in, with my hands. And, and, uh, as an outside linebacker and pass rush, you have to have these violent hands, man. You got to be active with your hands. And I felt that MMA, uh, was a big part of that. And so I started training MMA every off season with some of the best, best fighters in the world. I got a chance to be in there, spar with them, grapple with them, pummel with them, roll with them. Um, and just, just know what that's like. And it did, it changed my game. In fact, I try to get more athletes. I'm trying to get athletes transitioning lights out of stream fighting now. I'm, I look, I, I, I won't, I won't stop recruiting. Like, you know, I was, I, uh, I hit up Mercedes Lewis the other day, who was an absolute dog in the gym. People don't know. I hit up yeah. Brian Cushing, like all these guys, man, these guys can actually scrap. And I think that what's going to end up happening is, um, you know, guys are not going to have the 10 plus year career. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't have the average you know, career's three years old, three years, right. The NFL average yeah, career's three yeah, years. Yeah, look, well, yeah. well, injury happens. A guy get cut, waived, traded, and they might not have another opportunity. And they're still physically ready to go. These are the guys I'm looking for. They're still ready to go. And the difference is, when I, why I never really fought, to be quite honest, is that when I retired, the money wasn't there. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the money I was asking for, I was just so far ahead of my time. And I was like, hey, we can do this pay-per-view. I'll fight this guy. I'll do this. And they're like, uh, that seems a little bit too high. Now, that's like, you know, giving away peanuts, right? Like mm-hmm. what I was asking for then. Um, and so Lights Out Extreme Fight, we got a big fight next Saturday uh, in San Diego. It'll be live on Fubo TV, Fubo Sports. Uh, anybody in the Southern California area that's, that's watching this, you can get your tickets at lightsoutxf.com. Also, any purchase of ticket, you get 20% off of Fanatics, any any product any, any uh, uh, product with Fanatics. And it's going to be big, man, because we got a lot of local fighters. Um, when we come to town, man, we try to get the community involved. Camp Pendleton will have a few hundreds um, military um uh, there also that mm-hmm. I've made a partnership with, and so we come to town, man. We want to we want to light it up and and get as many as much of the communities involved. And obviously, these these next up and coming guys, man, are, are going to be um, going to be big. We got um, Jared Vendera um, that's going to be fighting on this card, and um, and Chuck Campbell who who fought for he's a PFL and Bellator vet. These these two guys, it's, that that's going to be a fight, man. It's, they're fighting at two hundred five. I can't wait to see that. You know, they're both very experienced. Um, so that that was going to be dope. I'll, I'll, I'm going to tune in on Saturday, 100. percent I'm actually uh, the NFL crew at the score has to start 
um, committing uh, or contributing MMA content. So since I got hired here, I've been getting into the sport more like watch Shadow's card. Unfortunately, fell asleep right before O'Malley's knockout on the couch. It was like 1 a.m. Eastern time here. I had to work at 8. I stayed up the entire time, woke up at 3 in the morning, missed the knockout. I was pretty mad wow. at myself. Um, I wanted to, I want to touch back quickly on the, the, the NFL players um, that you spoke to regarding MMA because I don't know if you saw this, Tua Tagovailoa took jiu-jitsu training to help with his falling. Um, is that a real thing or is this – like is that like is that going to help him? Like because he took jiu-jitsu training to help him fall properly by getting sacked by the quarterback. Do you think if that you, can help? If you, if you watch that game, he had a couple falls mm-hmm. that look a lot different than any falls he's had since he's been in the NFL. Yeah, And I can't tell you how beneficial it is to learn that with balance, leverage, how to how to roll, you know, and a lot of concussions happen when you hit your head off the back of the hit the back of your head on the on the field. That's when most of the concussions uh, occur because you can't control that. It's a very soft spot in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at how he rolled and instead of tumbling and falling down awkwardly, he rolled out of that thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to help him tremendously. I really do. And I'm not saying it's a, it's a cure for him getting hurt or concussions or anything like that. But I can tell you as far as leverage and being able to control his body and and, and um, how to uh, basically stay coordinated enough to keep himself out of the harm's way of injury, it's going to help him a lot. And it's going to, you know, I try to tell a lot of current and former guys, when they also pick up a combat sport, you know, just, you don't have to fight. You don't have to take any fights if you don't want to, right? I'm obviously, I, I always want everybody to fight. But mm-hmm. um, if you don't want to fight, don't, but I think that picking up a combat sport will eventually um, help you out on the field, on the court, or wh- whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. So lights out. It's been about three years now. You started, I believe, in May of 2019. Correct? Yeah, yeah. With a so, pandemic, um, so you take what's the, pandemic. the what's the future look like? What are you trying to make it become? Because it's been wildly successful right now. I was checking out your social pages. I was like, like impressed with how much uh, how much traction you guys are getting. It's not easy to start a new league, right? Like it's probably a lot of burden, a lot of stress on yourself. And it looks like you've done a very good job of it. So what does the future look like for it? Yeah, it's very chaotic, man. I wouldn't change it, wouldn't do anything. Um, In fact, man, uh, when you talk to former athletes, one thing they'll tell you that they miss is the locker room, right? That's that's Mm -hmm. like the money's cool, all that stuff. Competing is great. You love the competition, the preparation, watching film, getting out there to go into battle. But they'll tell you they miss the locker room. Um, And so – MMA and combat sports in general has been a safe haven for me in making that transition and made it a lot easier because I was still able to be around the guys. I love the shit talking. I'm not going to lie to you. I love them going back and forth. You know, even in practice, you got two young guys. Oh, you said this, you said, okay, put on the gloves. I don't want to hear nothing else. Right. And I love that part of it. We, um, we're, we're growing our last uh, three, our last three fights. We're up 57% of viewership on Fubo. Um, we yeah. climbed into the top five or top 10 most watched on football sports. And that, that's that's really – look, I, I listen to the fans and people a lot. I've always been that way, even as a player. When you have those type of jumps, those type of viewership, it's telling us that we're, we're on the right track. Yeah. Uh, we, we, it's, a, it's just a fact. We have the next up-and-coming superstars in the sport. They are, they're all coming to Lights Out Extreme Fight. We're happy and, and, and honored that, we, that they want to come to fight uh, with us and, and get on the card. I have – you would think there's a lot of hot chicks in my DMs, man, but it's fighters. It's all fighters, <laughs> you know. Uh, that's that's hitting me up and, and trying to get on the next card. And I like that. I like that because, um, you know, I like I like guys that's eager that we can promote and get behind and, and build them and make them into a star. So, you know, you guys, next next Saturday, you're going to be in for a treat. we got six amateur fights. Uh, most of those guys are going to be turning pros, pro with us when it's time to turn pro. 
Uh, we got six pro fights. These guys are going to be thrown down. Former UFC vets, former Bellator vets, PFL vets um, that's on this card. You know, now we're, we're happy to go to San Diego and make this a big deal. Like wildly impressive. Again, um, congratulations on all the success there. Thanks for jumping by for the interview. One more question for you, though. Football starts in 20 days. As of today, is the first NFL Sunday. Two weeks on Thursday. Hit me with your Super Bowl prediction. I'm going Chargers Eagles. Hell yeah. You know, and, and look, I don't know. I'm an outsider now, right? So in the locker room, I'm sure they're telling the guys one game at a time, get one and oh, two and oh, all that. No, hell with that, man. I'm not in the locker room no more. I'm I'm calling that if these guys stay healthy, and health is a big if. If they stay healthy, they got a real opportunity to win a championship this year. And that's no shot at KC. They're the defending champs. As long as Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, and Andy Reid is together, they always got a shot. Chris Jones, always got a, they always got a shot. Um, but right now, as it sits, with the roster that the Chargers have, they stay healthy. I don't see – I got them winning 13 games this year. That would be an exciting Super Bowl, and I would definitely love it. Sean Merriman. Again, former rook, defensive rookie of the year, three-time Pro Bowl, first-team All-Pro. He is the CEO of Lights Out Extreme Fighting. You can check out uh, Lights Out Extreme Fighting at www.lightsoutxf.com. Follow them at Lights Out XF on Instagram. Sean, thanks so much for dropping by. I appreciate you. You got it, man. Thanks for having me on.